Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Finally Girl, a horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Michael. And I fancy myself a horror aficionado. On the other side of the table, we got... Eliza, your other co-host, who is probably not considered a horror aficionado. We'll call her a horror novice. Oh, horror novice. Set the <laughs> difficulty to novice, please. How you feeling, Mike? Um, uh, I got a bit of a sore throat. Uh, tested negative for COVID. A little congestion. So, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling better today than I did the last two days. Well, that's good. Yeah, I, I've been feeling a little bit of it too. No surprise. Which is unfortunately why we couldn't watch the movie together this weekend. Yeah. Because you're sick. But now you're sick, so we could have watched it together. Yeah, I just didn't want to get sicker. We've also got the cats with us again today. So if you guys hear them in the background, just ignore it. Try to. Try to. We'll try and cut out as much as we can. (laughs) But they honestly are insane. But anyway. Today we're talking Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo. The mockumentary and found footage flick. Written and directed by Joel Anderson. Was this based off of a true story? No. What? Okay. <laughs> I question it like a million times throughout my notes. Uh, I mean, the mockumentary style and obviously it gives you that uh, a sense that sure, it it could, I mean, it feels very realistic and it is a lot like the crime documentaries we see a lot now and streaming because there's so many true crime documentaries so many true crime podcasts yeah it reminded me of idtv like a a, like a show off of that yeah i that or like um reminded me a lot of making a murderer which was i never finished that series i only saw i only watched the first uh season of that but you know that's definitely the intention for to make it feel like that. Well, I think even at the beginning of the movie, it said something about uh, these are the these are the videos from this. What did they say? Let me see. Yeah, at the beginning they said in December two thousand five, a tragic accident began, a series of extraordinary events, and then it was like these are the following scenes from that. This is footage. Yeah, that, footage yeah. from that. So I just assumed the whole time that it was a real story. But then I was like, are these paid actors? Like, what's going on? (laughs) So so, so, (laughs) tell me about it. I'm going to give you a quote from the director. Uh, This was during an interview he had done before the movie screened at the Brisbane Film Festival. We were thinking it would be nice if we could make a film that was kind of a curiosity, but if you saw it years from now, you wouldn't know anything about where it came from. And this is the only movie, the only feature film he's ever directed. And it was filmed in, like, what, 2008? Came out in 2000. Came out in 2008. It premiered at the Sydney Film Festival. Oh, okay. So it is And then it made it American. Yeah, it made it its American debut in March 2009 at South by Southwest in mm-hmm. Austin. Cool. It never got a wide release, so it's not like it made any money, but it's made quite the impact and... It's got, I don't want to, it's like on the verge of a cult following. It's not quite there yet, but it seems like every year somebody discovers it. 
I actually only saw it a year ago, too. I'm not a huge fan of found footage movies, so it's not it's one that I've kind of, I kind of put on the back burner for a while. And then when I saw it, I it it really gets under your skin. It's got this deep sadness about it that you can't ever forget, and I think it adds to the the terrifying feel of it. It's, it's it's definitely it's 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 a good portrayal of grief. Going back to Joel Anderson, he kind of just disappeared from the film world after this. This is such a shame because it's such a great movie. Even if you look at his IMDb page, you know, the only other credits he really has is he wrote a script with eight other writers for a short, short called Gravity in 2013. He's credited as the script editor on the Netflix miniseries entitled Clickbait from 2021, which was mainly shot in Australia. So yeah, he just kind of disappeared off the map after Weird. That. I am surprised that this movie did not get picked up for distribution in 2009 after South by Southwest because... We were in a kind of a resurgence of found footage with paranormal activity. So I don't know what, I don't know what, what, what happened. There. Yeah. Why nobody... I'm surprised I never even heard of this movie before. Because it was really good. I thought it was beautiful. I, I had only first heard about it a few years ago, like 2017, 2018. Okay. And some people would talk to me like, oh, it's... One of the scariest movies they've ever seen, and being mm. as found footage, I was like, I don't, I've never found found footage to be that terrifying. It but was this ter- one definitely is the. It it was terrifying most- in a different kind of way, though. It wasn't like, at least for me, I wasn't scared of the ghosts or anything like that. It was mostly just how she felt, how Alice felt. Well, that's a part of it. Yeah, terror takes many forms. And that's why going back to the the quote where Anderson says we were thinking it'd be nice if we could make a film that was kind of a curiosity. But if you saw it years from now, you wouldn't know anything about where it came from. And there really isn't much about that. He doesn't do interviews, really. Yeah, he did a great job of that. It definitely adds to the mystique of it. And it really, uh, I did all the research before watching it again. And it really puts you in an (laughs) uneasy feeling already reading these things. Going back to you talking about how it feels like it's based on a true story. The dialogue in this movie is like, from what I've gathered, all like entirely improvised. Wow. So they just like knew the story that he wanted yeah, he to kinda, tell? Yeah, he gave them an outline of the story. Okay. And he's also the one that serves as the off-screen. Anderson himself plays the off-screen interviewer oh, wow. in the movie. The actors in this in this film are largely unknown. I don't just mean here in the states. I I'd venture to say that at least like nine out of ten Australians haven't heard of these actors. Wow. I mean, we'll start with Rosie Trainer, who plays June Palmer, the mother. She was fantastic. She has three feature film credits: this movie, Cut Snake, which is an Australian thriller, and Dark City, which was directed by Alex Proyas who directed The Crow, and she's now an acting coach and a casting agent in Australia. Okay. David Pledger, who plays the dad, Russell Palmer. This is his only feature film credit. 
He's got a bunch of credits, uh, like minor roles and TV shows. Talia Zucker, who plays Alice. She's been in two other feature film role, films besides this, and she's had a bunch of small roles in TV. Martin Shape, who plays Matthew Palmer. Like, this is his only feature film role. All four of those actors do have something in common. They all appeared in episodes of the Australian police procedural Blue Healers, which ran for 13 seasons and 510 episodes. It seems like an Australian, uh, like, NCIS or uh, Criminal CSI. Minds. Yeah, CSI, one of those. Seems like if you were an up-and-coming uh, Australian actor... Well, that was airing, you probably landed a guest role on so, that show. Yeah, it's like Law and Order, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, like, that's so crazy. So, what do you think of this movie? What are your what are your what are your first thought? What are your first thoughts when you put it on? Okay, my first thoughts when I put it on was, oh, a ghosty movie, and I love ghost movies because I very much believe in the paranormal, very much so especially ghosts or spirits or whatever you want to call them. So I was immediately intrigued. And then about 30 minutes into the movie, I thought, is this the right movie? Because like we said at the beginning, Michael's not been feeling well, so we didn't watch this movie together. I watched it this morning. And I was like, I don't know if this is the the right movie because Mike doesn't usually like movies like this. And so I just assumed it was the wrong movie, but I looked and there was no other Lake Mungo. So I was like, okay, well, this must be right. But after I realized it was the right movie, I was interested immediately. I really like paranormal activity. Well, for the most part, I like paranormal activity movies. So once I figured out it was going to kind of be like this, I figured I, I would like so it. What do you mean I don't like these kind of, like, what kind of movies do you mean? I have seen maybe, uh, no, I have seen two found footage movies with you ever. And I know you don't really like, not that you don't like paranormal activity, but you, I know you don't believe in ghosts and that's not really as freaky to you. Yeah. And even when we've watched the, uh, we recently watched The Conjuring and we watched Insidious, the two James Wan movies. I've seen those movies quite a few times mm -hmm. over the last 10 or so years and Every time I watched them, I liked them a little bit less. And Really? I love them. I don't find them particularly scary. I don't find the script in those movies to be, I don't know, but they seem ham-fisted, not, not very well done. Well, even in The Conjuring, at least that's based on people. It's not, I, mean, I mean, it's loosely based off of true stories. Yeah, but Ed and Lorraine, Lauren, or not great people. Yeah, they're hucksters. Yeah, but those things did happen to people. Well, maybe not as. I wanted to say glorified, but maybe it's not as exaggerated as it was in the movies. In most cases, it seems like Ed and Lorraine Warren kind of gaslighted these people into believing these things happened to them. Yeah. But anyway, this the movie isn't about Ed and Lorraine. <laughs> it's about a real uh, or a family, which I assumed was a real family the whole time. Like I already yeah. mentioned, I really did think this was a real story. <laughs> it does. I think that's why it gets under your skin so much, is because it feels so real and the improvised dialogue. You could see the emotion. It feel, yeah, it makes it feel so natural. Yeah. What did you think of it the second time you watched it? I loved it. 
it's very it's a very unnerving movie to watch, especially in the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> yeah. Those Im- the images do get under my skin quite a bit. More yeah. so in more so than most movies like this, like especially if we going back to like like the insidious where there's like a lot of those like similar images you see yeah you see images like patrick of wilson's character mm-hmm. looking at these pictures and there's ghosts in it those don't work on me i don't find those to be particularly disturbing at all yeah these images there was something about them that was just immediately unsettling it has to be like the mockumentary feel yeah and the sense of dread the sound design too looking at these images everything it's just they're so arresting there's not many movies anymore that make me want to look away from the screen this one does when you're just they they do this slow zoom ins on the ghost figures yeah which turned out though well not to be real well some of them turned out not to be real to be real which i thought was a kind of a plot twist yeah, it is. Yeah, and I I felt mad and sad at the same time, knowing that Alice's brother, you know, doctored some of the images because it was like his way of coping with it. I get, I totally understand, but then I'm like, oh, but the heartbreak that must have caused the rest of his family. Yeah, I mean, his intentions I think were good. Yeah, he was trying. I think he, he wanted her to be in alive. His, yeah, in his way, he. He was trying to help his mom, but he didn't he made fully understand what he was doing. Yeah, after I finished the movie, I kind of had to sit for a couple minutes before I did anything. I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> what the hell what did I just watch? I, don't, I felt... I, uh, go ahead. No, sorry. I felt very similar at the end of this movie. Not completely, but kind of a similar feel, feeling that I had after I watched We're All Going to the World's Fair we're all going to the world's fair mm-hmm. i felt like although she wanted to kill herself but um in this movie it wasn't that she wanted to kill herself she just knew that she was gonna die yeah it was just just all knowing your life is gonna end kind of sadness yeah the only other movie that elicit maybe elicits the, the sense of grief and an impending doom better is Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, uh, where you see the last days of Laura Palmer, and it can't be a coincidence that their name, the family's name, is Palmer. Yeah. It has to be. And other people have made that connection before. I didn't even think about that. Or, like, the connections are so apparent. Alice believed that her death was coming soon, much like Laura Palmer did. Alice had sexual relationships with adults, and she kept a lot of secrets. Nobody ever felt like they knew the true Alice, much like Laura Palmer. And she kind of becomes, just like Laura Palmer, she her death feels like a like a presence mm-hmm. weighing over like the whole town, her town, her friends and family. And- yeah, because she was a popular girl. I felt like anybody could relate to Alice, especially any teenager, where you feel like you have these different versions of yourself where you have like the the version of yourself who's with your friends the version that your parents see and maybe the version that only you yourself is comfortable 
being around. Like you can't be your full self. And I felt like that I related to the, um, I related to that a lot as a teenager myself. So I really, I think that even made it harder to watch the movie knowing how I would have felt at 16 years old, seeing images of my death. Like that scene where towards the end when her family finds her phone and finds the footage of her running into the ghost that looks exactly I'm like... I'm getting chills you talk. I know. It's one of the scariest images ever on film. Like maybe I It thought, might be the like... Ugh. It might be the best jump scare. I didn't jump from it. I felt completely like still. Like I was just kind of like, whoo. <laughs> like just the creeps. But I thought the makeup um, in the movie was fantastic. Yeah, that that dead Alice. Yeah, she's. Uh... Yeah, when they first pull that body from the water, it, it's like a two second clip of her face, but then we see it later on again. And I was just like, oh, God, so scary. Because she had been in the water for days. And that's another connection to Laura Palmer, too. There. Yeah. Her body being recovered out of water. Wrapped in plastic. <laughs> but Alice wasn't wrapped in plastic because no. hers was an accident. Yeah. For Alice Palmer, underneath the hopes of a bright future were suspicions. I feel like something bad is going to happen to me. That death was near. We start the movie, we get a quote, well, we get a, we hear a voiceover from Alice. I feel like something bad is going to happen to me. Oh. I feel like something bad has happened to me. It hasn't reached me yet, but it's on its way, and it's getting closer. Ugh. What are you feeling immediately? In that sad. Star? Yeah. <laughs> I feel so sad. Because you, you can hear the voice of, like, a. It's, you can tell she's young, like a teenager, and it's just so sad immediately right out of the gates. I'm like, this, oh, something, something really bad's going to happen to this girl. And even in the beginning here, we get home movie footage mm-hmm. of her, presumably from Matthew. But it already looks like you're looking, it already feels like you're looking at a person who's already gone, person's lost, person who doesn't quite know who they are who they want to be it's like diary entries almost a glimpse into her life which you don't really hear her speaking a lot throughout the movie because obviously obviously she is dead but um it's nice to kind of because you see her face throughout the entire movie so it's nice to put the voice to the face too because i feel like without her little voiceovers or her diary entries I felt like it was almost like we were invading someone's privacy because everybody kept talking about Alice. Alice, Allie is her dad's nickname for her, but we don't really get to hear from her herself. Strange sounds and happenings begin 10 days after Alice's death. Yeah, the movements in her room. I was wondering at this point if a family member died, especially an immediate family member, like if my sister died or if I had a kid, if they died, would I just imagine that I'm hearing these noises just to like feel like they're close to me? And that's what I was feeling at this point. I'm like, I wonder if they're just, you know, think they hear these noises because they want to. But then the other part of me that's like, Maybe that's not Alice. Maybe that's like some other ghosty that is visiting your house. <laughs> and then I got really scared for them that 
it wasn't Alice and they were just going to believe that it was Alice, but it was actually something darker. But it didn't happen to be that. Thank goodness. What were you thinking? Like the first time I saw this, I was assuming what was going to happen is that it was all going to be in their head. Like they had manifested this themselves, manufactured it themselves because of the style, because of the documentary style. I thought it was kind of going, I didn't think it was really going to be a ghost story. I thought it was really kind of going to be, especially after it's revealed that Matthew had been doctoring those images. Right. I thought it was just going to be about grief and, which it, it is about grief, but I thought, I didn't think there really would be an actual paranormal aspect of this movie. I thought it was going to be debunking the paranormal the entire wow. time. I think that would have been a, uh, wow, what a different movie that would have been had they uh, just been doctoring it. Because I do believe that they were seeing what they were seeing and hearing what they were hearing. Although, yeah, Maddie may have caused some of that. But still, I that would have been a, such a different movie. But the mother and the, the father have two very... Uh spine tingling descriptions of seeing seeing alice again well at least the mother sees her in her dreams of her standing at the foot of the parents bed dripping wet from the dam oh sorry i got chills yeah and, and then the father seeing her in her bedroom and coming after him which telling her to she shouted at him to get out get out get out but I loved how at the end all of those made sense because there was a home video that Maddie shot of Alice doing that to him. Yeah. Did you see that? When I saw that um, part of the movie, I was like, oh my God. It was like he was replaying the videos and then just manifesting it while he was sitting in her room. And then the same thing with um, the mother, which I feel like the mother's was a little more real. She said at even one point, that she didn't want to even close her eyes anymore. She started going to other people's houses. That is so sad. Just to it? live that's, that's, that's their those, lives. That that's one of the most disturbing parts. I felt parts of the so movie sad when she, for her when she talks about just going into pe- people's homes and like not. And it's like, oh. She just wanted to be away from her own life, and it turned out that her and Alice were a lot alike, and the fact that they didn't share much of their own selves with with each other and i just felt like she the guilt that she must have felt and all the like you said the grief that she felt that's why it's so insane to think that they were ad-libbing a lot of this stuff or improving a lot of this stuff that's amazing to me that it, it really was translated really well over over the screen the main family, well, the immediate family, they're all great. Ray, the psychic's good, too. Like, all, all the actors. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Russell working a lot. So, in kind of like the polar opposite between Russell and June. June having these nightmares where she can't even go to sleep. And not, you know, just trying to, like, be a different person. And Ray's just trying to be life as normal or live life as normal and try and move on. And at first when they talked about that, I was kind of annoyed with Russell because I'm like, you just want to kind of forget about everything. And, 
but at the same time i do understand where he's coming from too he did have to identify her dead body uh and and the pain that must have come with that just seeing your washed up child yeah his co-worker says like he never talked about it he never talked about it and he said like something along the lines of he he didn't want to tell Russell how he was supposed to be feeling. And I connected with that too because I'm like, I don't like when people tell me how I'm supposed to be feeling about a certain situation either. And who knows how I would react in in that situation. Yeah, there's no there's no blueprint for for grieving. No. And I think that movie this movie really depicts that well. Yeah, yeah. very well. I loved seeing all the different sides of grief. So Alice starts showing up in photos. Her image. Mm-hmm. There's a photo taken at the dam. Yeah, by a photographer. So it I don't think like that Alice. one's. I don't think that one was doctored. Well. Oh, it does come to find out that it was Maddie, right? Yeah, Maddie wearing Alice's uh, hoodie. A, a, yeah, hoodie or jacket. Yeah, walking through the the bush mm-hmm. around. Uh, the dam, and then it seems and then like his the, other photo, fo- and he sh- she shows up in Maddie's photos, which he had lovely photos. But yeah. he, it turns out, he had been taking the same photograph of their backyard for like four years or whatever, and he took this one photo uh, like a month or two after Alice's death, and Allie was standing against the fence in the backyard, but it turns out he just um used one photo of alice i'll keep wanting to call her allison because her dad calls her Allie a lot and i connect that with allison but but she's also appearing in the house she's appearing in the house Allie's mother is convinced that she's still alive at least wants to believe that she's still alive so they have the body dug up and they run dna tests which i'm glad they did because when Russell went to identify Alice's body, the mother never did. The mother, she she couldn't bring herself to go and look at her because that's not how she wanted to remember her child. But he even said that when he identified Alice, he told them that he, she didn't even look the same anymore. And I was wondering, aren't they supposed to be doing like dental records like for identification or something like that? But that was never done. I assume because then they had to exhume her body for DNA testing. Well, I assume they didn't do that because Russell identified the body. So they were like, yeah, but don't you think they would have double checked too? I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) But it's still, and they do the DNA tests and it confirms that that is Alice. Then Matthew sets up a camera in the house to see if he can capture anything. And he captures a figure like walking through the hallway. How how did that go for you? How did you get on with that? I did not think that was Allie. I actually wrote it in my notes that I didn't that I saw something in the doorway to the right of the screen. I literally wrote let me see. Let me pull it up in my notes. There's like a toy or something in the bedroom on the right that looks like a face staring out the doorway and that's what i thought the video was about until the figure walked across the screen and i was like maybe i just maybe it was a like a toy or a poster or something so i wasn't freaked out by that scene at all i was more freaked out by the face that really that that freaked me out really did you think it it was Allie? i i don't know what it was 
Have you ever seen signs? No. No. I think I did as a kid, but I don't remember. It reminds me of the scene where you, uh, in that movie, where they're where Joaquin Phoenix is watching the news footage, and you see like an alien for the first time just walking by, and mm-hmm. has a very similar, just like oh, it just stops you, just you stop in your tracks, and it just chills over, over at least overcame me. It's like oh, it's so effective, so simple and effective, and sound design works so well there. Yeah. I, had it not been for the weird thing in the corner of the screen, I would have been paying more attention to the figure. I definitely didn't think the figure was Alice, though. I thought it was like a different I, demon or something. I don't even. I'm not even like. Con- I didn't even like. Doesn't even. Con- I don't even concern myself of like who it was or even like the one I'm watching it the second time. I know it's coming and it's still just like, oh, it's terrible. It's. I think the images of her in the photos and on the videos later on scared me more than anything else. Like gave me the the goosebumps, the creepy crawlies, all of that. Looking at her face through a mirror. Oh, that that freaked me out way more than that scene of the figure walking in the hallway. Oh, I mean, I don't think that's even—I don't think that's the scariest moment in the movie. I no, mean. I agree. The scariest mo- moment is definitely at Lake Mungo. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of Ray uh, Kimini? I think his name Ray Kimini. Yeah, Ray the psychic. Do you believe in psychics? No, of course I don't. I you know, do. You know that I don't. <laughs> I do. I've—I've I've always wanted to see they're a so psychic. Fl- They're—they're they're like. They invented the term gaslight. I, I've, oh, okay. So I have mixed feelings about psychics because I definitely believe they exist, but I also believe that a lot of them are phonies. Um, but I have always wanted to get a reading percent of them are phonies. Now, I bet, I guarantee you that a lot of them, they're so fucking del- delusions <laughs> that they believe in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, but... They're the, full of shit. Well, the thing with the Ray, the psychic, that turned me off of him was that he was a radio personality. Immediately, I was like, if I had feelings that my kid was walking around in my house after she had died, I would reach out to a psychic, too. But maybe not a radio personality. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. No, I will say that he definitely... It seems like a nice guy. He like, did. He, like, he doesn't... He definitely did. But he also lied to them. He did. And I, I guess... I, I I, will say I can kind of understand where he's coming from there. I don't. didn't want to... It's kind of like... She was like dead. If you're, it's kind of like if he's a psychiatrist, like he doesn't want to betray the confidence. Yeah, but he's not a psychiatrist. Yeah, he's not. And a... she died, and the family is seeking help. It's 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 a it's a weird gray area. I can kind of, I kind of get it. Yeah, I definitely don't see what he was he was coming where he was coming from with that because the, when the family's reaching out for help, you don't have any kind of binding agreement, and and they need to know. That you've seen their daughter, who they're reaching out to you for help with or for. I, that I don't know. That's yeah, my own two cents. I get it. It's it's. I don't know. It's difficult. Right? Yeah, but overall, his character wasn't bad. So Ray. Well, this is one of two times Ray guides June through the house and mm-hmm. into Alice's room, which is another scene where I just like. Yeah, that was scary. And not not nothing happens, but it's just. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
just the feeling that she's seeing her dead child back in her room sitting on the wicker chair the images of alice on film like i already said just really freak me out and this is another example through the scene after she sees ray oh god they were really freaky her eyes are so black i can like when i close my eyes i can still see her standing against the fence in the backyard so creepy and then this you is know, when we find out they do the seance with oh yeah. yeah they do the seance and matthew records it and they find an image of alice oh this one freaked yeah, me that out one, yeah that one i don't know if we find cool. out if that one was doctored I, yeah it was it, it had, oh yeah every, he did say point, it was yeah. he did say it was i'm sorry and shortly after we find out that all the images were doctored. Oh, all the images of Alice were doctored by Matthew, mainly because he. It was his way of coping. Well, yeah, and it, it kind of made his mom want to get the body exhumed. So, yeah. and this devastates June. Then they discuss a little bit about. Well, June's mother actually says, uh, as a direct quote, "I could never give myself wholly to June," and she. And she also says she thinks that June could, couldn't do that either to Alice. Yeah, it was like this generational um, trait where mother and daughter aren't very close. And that made me think about the beginning of the movie when Russell called June's parents when they came back from the the dam when Alice went missing and how June was like, I just didn't really like it that my mom was here. And I'm like, what? I, I, my mom and I, you know, we've had struggles too, but I would want her there if my child went missing or, you know, drowned. Yeah, it's pretty, I don't know, it's, it's I want to say disturbing, it's depressing. It's so sad. You can't be yourself or let people who are supposed to be the closest to you know how you feel and like really who you are, like you have to put up this shield you have to put up it uh cast this certain image of yourself and that's another thing i think is uh very relatable So then Maddie goes on the trip with Ray. They leave two cameras running throughout the house while they're gone. Mm-hmm. But they was they were gone for three days, but I guess it could only record like a day and a half before it ran out of film. Yeah. So they only got a day and a half. I wonder what they would have gotten if the cameras went on for three days. Um, but they do get something, right? Yeah, they, they find... Well, June goes back and reviews the footage, and she discovers that their neighbor, Brett Tui, had snuck into the house and into Alice's room. Yeah, she decided to look back at that video that Maddie filmed of the figure walking across the hall, and yeah. she sees the face, which I thought was the face that we were supposed to be scared of originally. And then that's when she finds Alice's safe. And then she finds the tape. Um, oof. What is... <sighs> that tape was awful. I I mean, 
I know that they that it was like deemed consensual or something like that. Yeah. I think that's kind of bullshit. <laughs> she's a girl. She's a little she's a teenage girl and she was obviously you know the fact that those two the couple. So, okay. Let me start from the beginning. So, Alice was babysitting her neighbor's kids off and on for two years. Uh, Brett Tui's kids, who yeah. Brett Tui was on that um, footage. With his wife. With his wife having sexual relations with Alice. And I think the fact that he was sneaking into her room to find the tape and the fact that they moved away six months after she died tells you that they are not good people and that maybe what happened on that tape was a lot of grooming two years of grooming to get her to do that or whatever it was and i just felt so sad just so sad for alice and sad for her mom that she had to find it and her dad, because her, her dad even said, like, if I were to see Brett Toomey around the Brett Toomey around the corner, I would throttle him or whatever. Yeah, she, whatever he, he said, th- yeah. He said throttle you. Yeah, that comes out of left field. Did you expect that? No, yeah. I did not expect yeah. that. And I think even her friend said, like, we did not imagine that Alice. Yeah, would Kim do this. Whittle, her friend, she yeah. quote from her: Alice kept secrets. She kept the fact. She kept secrets a secret. I, I just. I don't, I'm like, who is this girl? I don't know if anybody knows nobody, who she was. No, yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody really knew who she was That's and what so she sad. went through. And then June finds Ray's business card in her planner. Her in her di- diary. Diary, diary, diary planner. slash planner. She's yeah. Got going on there. I want one of those diary <laughs> planners. But uh, yeah, she finds Ray's business card taped into there. And come to find out that Ray had seen Alice like six months or five months before she died to tell him about this, these nightmares that she had been having. We also see, I don't know if we see that then, but we do see that later on she went to Lake Mungo. That was in August of that year. That's also, she also, June also reads an excerpt. Oh yeah. Of a dream that Alice had that mirrors June's own dream of her standing over the yeah. foot of their bed. It's, it's so disturbing. It's, a- it's the dream that she tells Ray that she had um, and how she felt like she was staring at her parents sleeping and felt sad because she felt like they couldn't even help her anymore. Like she was just going to die no matter what. Yeah. Oh gosh, uh, yeah. it's so sad. I, I'm surprised I didn't cry in this movie. <laughs> I, I didn't cry. Maybe if I, I don't know, maybe if I had watched it at night, I would have cried. But I watched it first thing this morning at like 8.30, so. So, yeah, she sees the Lake Mungo mentioned in the planner. And then Kim, her friend Kim, shows them footage mm-hmm. of Of the girls trip. at the camp. And everybody's having a good time, except for Alice, who's kind of, she's kind of looking off screen a lot. And just like, yeah. that's so, it was whew, so disturbing. It's like she felt like something was around her. It's so disturbing. She's so scared, too. And then they see the footage of her underneath it, or, yeah, burying something yeah. underneath a tree, or beneath a tree. So they decide to go and go to Lake Mungo. I'm glad they did. This was, like, and that's over they, a year after she had died that they finally yeah. go over there. And they find, they dig up that around that area, and then they find her, her cell phone, watch, her ring, and her favorite necklace. Mm-hmm. 
like buried in a plastic bag. Uh-huh. And I think they even mentioned they felt like it was some sort of ritual that she was doing. Some some sort of like sign or something she felt like she needed to do for like closure, I guess. But still, this is five months before she even died. And then we get the footage. Oh. What did you... Wait. <laughs> it was hard to look at. I, I, I think it's one of the scariest I'm thinking about sequences it. Oh. and all scary scenes in the It was frightening. It's... Can you imagine being alone at night in this place out in the middle of nowhere in Australia, pitch black, just walking and then happening upon your dead self? It was frightening. That, it's... Bone chilling. And it stick that image just oh god it sticks with you. So I don't know if you had this assembly in school or not, but we had an assembly about like school shootings, and they talked about Columbine and how this girl had written in her diary weeks before Columbine and said something along the lines of, "I know I'm gonna die young." And then she was one of the first. I think she actually was the first one to get killed in Columbine. And that's how I felt like this little girl was, although she wasn't murdered, but just imagining you're going to know that knowing that you're going to die. I don't want to know that. I never want to know when I'm going to die or how like she looks at her dead body like that. You know, you're going to drown. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess she probably saw herself dripping. I don't know if she knows for sure. Uh, Or maybe that her dead body is found in water. Yeah. Ugh. Um, so she probably thought she was going to get, like, murdered, too. <sighs> How scary would it have... I don't know if it would have been scarier if she was getting murdered or not. I think it's pretty scary that it was an accident. I mean, who's to say it wasn't a murder or some kind of... I don't know. It. I don't think there was any foul play. Do you? I don't know. It's kind of left to the imagination. Yeah. They don't outright say that there was no foul play, but it was just the family swimming at the dam. I don't think it's, I don't think it's really important either. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. What'd you think? What, what, about what? About the footage. I mean, I said it's one of the scariest images ever put to film. Yeah, you can't just go to, I, I feel it, it's similar to how, like, when I was, when I was young and I would watch a horror movie, I'd have to watch something else before I went to bed. Yeah. Because I had to watch, I had to put on something else before I went to sleep because I can't like that can't be the last image oh I still do that Uh, today I did that this morning after I watched this movie (laughs) I watched Parenthood because I couldn't I was like I need something lighthearted now you can't just go to sleep because like you close your eyes and that's all you see her dead body I mean that's all I'm seeing right now so (laughs) that's probably all I'm gonna see for the next week is the dead body in my head Lake Mungo yeah, of course I'm scared of dying. Isn't everyone scared of dying? So June describes the house as calm after they return from Lake Mungo. Yeah. Like they had experienced some kind of closure. And it's, and I think June even described it like this, is like Alice needed them to find all these secrets that she had 
so that she could move on after she had died. I don't know if that's really what happened or they just felt calm so they just didn't hear the noises anymore like they were making it up no not knowing that they were making it up and i guess you just don't know well um i'll get to that shortly uh, <laughs> then they kind of reconcile with ray after a while and they have ray come back and she does he does a final like, consultation with june and it's mirrored yeah. with with the conversation she he had with uh, Alice. And. Oh, it was so sad. I think here is what, going back to like the overarching theme of the movie. Her mom never really saw her and she still doesn't now. Yeah. She thinks she's experienced some kind of closure, but Alice never got never that. Did. She never will. That's. Yeah, the ending is so bleak, bleak, sad, realistic. Were you paying attention to the credits? No, once the credits hit, my screen just automatically was like playing this in 15 seconds. Yeah, I know. I hate that. I had a feeling. So I just got out of it. I thought it was over. Was there something else? So there's some mid-credits scenes where they go back and they show images of Alice had been there the whole time. And a lot of the image, like, there's even like images where like that Matthew had doctored, but there was actually a real Alice standing <sighs> over. Oh. Okay, I'm so, gonna have like, to go back and watch that. It does feel like Alice, she never got her closure, and like they even like they pack up and they move to a different house. Yeah, they and did. They, like they're finally moving on with their lives, but her ghost still remains there. And it makes it even sadder. Because they even they tried to see her, but they. They, they did. just couldn't. They just never understood. And she just... She kept her secrets, as they mentioned, and she could never... It's almost like a warning, too, to just, like... I don't know. Be honest about yourself. Yeah, let... let reach out. Yeah. Let the people you love know that you care. Yeah. It's frightening. Yeah, it was a hard movie to watch, but I definitely recommend it. I want my sister to watch it now and see what she thinks. <laughs> so that's always good for me. If I want my sister to watch it, it means it's probably a good movie. <laughs> so I give it a five, or what is it, four out of four? Five. Five, five out of five. I go four out of five. Really? Yeah. I'm actually shocked that you say four out of five. Why do you say four out of five? I see. Can't give it a four point five. I guess it's not a perfect uh, movie. I'm a, I'm a I'm a tough grader, so like. I thought I was a tough grader. <laughs> I love this movie, but like I don't know. Like, there's just something five star movies. They just have that yeah uh, it factor. That's why there's I say four point five out of five now. <laughs> there's just something I don't know. It's such an it's such a silly thing star ratings, but it's like hard to like I don't know for me. It's How just else like, do you rate it? You know. You well, a ninety-two percent. Oh God, let's not talk about Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> There's just like a five-star movie. You just, I mean, this movie sticks with you, which is has a five. That's a that's a five-star quality. Yeah. But there's just something there that just doesn't. Um, it's not that it doesn't have that that it factor. I guess. I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. And I do think 
I do think a lot of it like was done better by its predecessor, Firewalk with Me. Mm-hmm. It's a movie we'll have to get to it. Yeah, at some I'd point. Like to see that. But yeah, if you guys want to watch Lake Mungo, it's on Tubi right now. Yeah, free, great, sir. Great, has a lot. Of, Tubi has a lot of great uh, horror movies. On yeah, it. you have to deal with ads throughout the movie. It's is... not that bad though. They're like a minute long, and there, I think there was only four in when I watched this morning. It wasn't bad. It was actually kind of a much needed break for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for that movie. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely watch it. Let us know what you think. Um, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Finally, Girl Pod. And uh, next Friday, we're doing our first vampire movie. Is it our first vampire movie? I mean, you could argue that maybe Mon- Trick or Treat had. Oh some yeah, vampire Trick or Treat. I forget well. that we haven't done Monster Club on here because we watched Monster Club on Halloween. <laughs> And I was just thinking, I was like, we watched Monster Club. It's not really a vampire movie either. It's just a monster movie. Yeah. But they've got vam, vampoos, vampires. Shadmox. Shadmox. The whole thing. I want well, that genealogical. The monster I, I'll genealogical get it for story. you. I can't find it. I've tried looking for it I've looked for it too, and I, and I know where it. I can get it. So Hey, if you... if you, I'm going to get know? it, and I'm going to get it framed. It's if anybody out there knows where to get a... Mo- the, the Monster, Monster Club, Club genealogical chart, chart from, yeah. please please let us know. Yeah, because I, or if you sell them, please let me know. Send me the link. Maybe you could just make one because you're pretty I good. thought about <laughs> it. I actually did think about it. I was like, how hard can it be to make this? Because I can do it. But anyway. Uh, yeah, but, ne- you know, yeah, next week's what? what's the movie? Let the right one in. Okay. I've never heard of it. I'm excited to watch it. <laughs> I don't look anything up about these movies before I watch it. So That's good. I'm very excited. Um, all right. And as always, uh, give us a rating on Apple or Spotify, or whatever you're listening on. follow, do all of it. Yeah. Do all of it. Do it listen. all. Please, for the love of God, listen. Because <laughs> we work really hard, especially Michael. All right. Yeah, I'm dying here. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week.